Good morning. Hello again. Good to be home. Uh, if you will, be turning to uh, Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. <clears throat> we're thankful to be back. We had a, glad we were able to go, and we're glad to be home. I've experienced some unique things that was different than I'd ever experienced. I did some open-air preaching. I had to. And uh, birds tweet whether I'm preaching or not. Do you know that? We're just so diligent and so holy and pious that we can just pay attention no matter what. We prepare ourselves for the worship of God until a bird tweets. <laughs> Threw me off. it throw you off, too. But it was nice to meet the people of the Lord. I've seen them from around this world over the years, from France and England and Ireland and Australia and but to meet more of them, and uh, John told us, he said, the Lord has a great multitude which no man can number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, and they stood before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and they cried with a loud voice, every one of them, saying, salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And them and those angels, they and the elders and the four beasts and all of them, they fell on their faces and they worshiped God. They worshiped God. I have a good report for you. I met those believers, those saints, from another culture, from another continent, almost another language, and they have the same thing to say. They have the same song to sing. Nothing's different. And this has been... God doesn't change. And the people he saves, the heart he puts in them, that don't change. Don't matter when or where you are, it's the same. It's family. It's his family. It's the kingdom of God. I was thankful uh, Brother Marvin was here to preach to you as well. Uh, that message on First Thessalonians was wonderful. And I love both of them. But it just goes, I was thinking it goes really well with what I have to say, but the gospel just goes good with the gospel, huh? I have an accent here in California and there. And everyone knew I wasn't from there by the way I talked. But you know what, Todd? Those brethren spoke the same way I spoke. I mean it. God's people say the same things. Look here in Romans 3, verse 21. Romans 3, verse 21. Paul writes, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. There's no difference. Now, there's a difference between the worldly people, because God says, I'll put a difference between you. But between his people... There's no difference. What's the first thing? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We could camp out there for about five or six millennia, couldn't we? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, not one of them people that come up to me, I looked them in the eye, they didn't say, you know what, I've sinned and I've come short of the civil law. They didn't say, I've sinned and I've come short of the ceremonial law. I didn't bring the turtle doves and I didn't do the, the 
the lambs, and I can't do that. They didn't, not one of them said, you know what, I've sinned, and I've come short of the moral law. Is that what that says? That's not what that says, is it? They've sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God. We break those things down, civil, ceremonial, moral, don't we? Seminaries don't break that down. They don't define the terms. God does. God does. He said you come short of the glory of God. The glory. They said what I say. Do you know that? They say what you say. I'm dead. I was dead and he gave me life. I was blind and he gave me sight. I see now. And there was a time I did not see. It's so easy. I learned that too this week. Uh, so easy. It's, it's systemic. It means it's the same across the boards and throughout time. A, a heathen can go around, a theologian can go around and say, that church is wrong, and that church is wrong, and that gospel. And I went there, but they were wrong. And I went there, and they were wrong. And I went there, and they were wrong. And it takes a power of God to say, you know what? I was wrong. You get that? When were you wrong? <laughs> Remember those? They had a day they was wrong. They said, I was a sinner. I don't care what, who, who was preaching what. I don't care about false religion. It's false. It's like counting dead, dead snakes on the road. It's lifeless. It's legal. It's dead. And I was. I was. And God did something for me. I came short of his glory. I had sinned against a holy God. That means I ain't his glory. <laughs> I wasn't holy. What then? I was in direct opposition. I was the opposite of glory. I was in direct opposition to God. I was at war with him. Can you say that? Do you remember a time you was at war with God? You've been saved forever. If you've been saved forever, it's too long. God saved sinners. Remember when he was a sinner? You still are, ain't we? Look here in verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, a mercy seat, an acceptable bloody sacrifice through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and remain holy and perfect and good and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. He's the just and the justifier. How can a man, if we see what we are, I don't mean like, well, uh, yes, all mankind is sin. I'm sin. You see that. How can I be in the presence of the Holy God? You know, in the oldest book that's in this Bible, in Job, that's asked, how can a man be just with God? It's worded a bunch of different ways, but it's asked in Job 4, in Job 9, in Job 14, in Job 15, in Job 25. <laughs> Maybe mankind in this day ought to ask that. How? Be like a little child enter that kingdom and say, how? That's important, isn't it? What about your finances? What about your discipleship programs? How can you be just for a holy God? That's important, isn't it? The Lord Jesus Christ, that's how. But God. Job said, he answered the Lord, he said, I know that thou canst do everything that not, <clears throat> no thought can be withholding from thee. He said, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now, I've heard all this before, oh, and now I see you. Something happened. You gave me eyes. I was blind. Now I see, and I abhor myself. 
Well, I, I knew something about sins before. Now I know I'm, I am sin. That's all I am. And I need a Savior. Amen. Believers of old, believers today, no matter the location, no matter the continent, we have the same salvation. A common salvation. That's what was in the bulletin last week, wasn't it? The, the definite article. That doesn't make it common. <laughs> we have the same common salvation. The person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. That's our salvation. Him. Him. It's a hymn book, isn't it? We love the Lord. We love his people. And we will not leave him. We can't. Because he keeps us from falling. He keeps us. He has to or I'd run away. I've tried to run away. He drew me back. He allured me. Hedged me about. All right. Turn over to Exodus 21. Here's what came to mind. I was on that plane ride back. Had something else ready for you. but This just couldn't shake it. <laughs> Exodus 21. Lord gave rules for servants and masters. That's what people, we're free from the law. We know that, don't we? We know we're free from the law. Now, can you have another God but him? We're free from the law. Is it okay to cheat, lie, and steal on purpose now? We're free from the law. Can you go kick over your mom's garbage can and set your house on fire? We know better than that, don't we? We know better than that. Because of who fulfilled the law. Who fulfilled the law. That's why it's, it's important because God gave it and it's holy. And it's holy enough for Christ to come fulfill it, isn't it? He gave rules here for servants and masters in Exodus 21. In Exodus 21, 1. It says, Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. In those days, you could just rack up so much debt, you couldn't pay your debt. And you have to sell yourself into slavery make amends for that debt and whenever after six years you completed it seventh year you go out free verse three and if he came in by himself he shall go out by himself if he were married whenever he was sold himself into this slavery when he became a servant if he was married then him and his wife shall go out with him he'll take in what he take out what he took in <laughs> verse four and if his master have given him a wife and she have bore him sons or daughters. The wife and her children shall be her masters. And he shall go out by himself. What's that speaking of? Well, how that affects us. Because that's what we're worried about. I'm me. <laughs> Things affect me. This is the preaching of the gospel. If God gives children, if he gives life through the preaching of the gospel, and that's the only way he does it. Now I'm just his temporary servant. And I go out from him, does that mean that them children that I preach to go out with me? What about Judas, those that Judas preached to? What about Demas that he preached to? What about those in our day that they preach truth? And God saves some folks, and then they fail. Well, them children ain't yours. <laughs> them children's the masters, isn't it? That's precious to me. The wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And... Verse 5, if the servant shall, shall plainly say, if the servant shall plainly say, here's the deep theological position that we have in our statement of faith. No, this is plain. 
<laughs> God's servants. His people plainly speak. I love my master, my wife, and my children. I will not go out free. That ain't complicated, is it? If Lord, Lord has his servants. We're his servants. We will not go out free. Uh, let, me, let me word it this way. I waive all my rights. <laughs> you stand on your rights? Cling to them and go to hell. I, I mean it. Submit. Waive all your rights, whether it's man-given man or whatever. It's nonsense. Waive your rights. Do not go out free. Why? Because I love Christ. I love his people, his bride. I love those future children that's going to come out of it. Through the preaching of the gospel, we're going to have children. John said, my little children. That's where they come from. I love Christ. I love his current bride. I love those that will be born of him, and I'm not going anywhere. If he's pleased to keep me, I ain't leaving. Is that plain? <laughs> plain, isn't it? If they say that, servants shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, my children. I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges, and he shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. He's going to serve him forever. He's going to go and bore his ear, put a big old hole right here in his ear, and he's going to be his servant forever, a willing bond slave, a bond servant, a love servant forever. This is all the Lord's people there in verse 5. I love my master, I love my wife, I love my children, and I won't go out free. We are bought with a price. And we're brought willing in the day of his power publicly in front of the judges. That's why we profess Christ in believer's baptism. That's why we, we, we take the Lord's table. Because we're his. <laughs> He's the master. And by his power, he makes us willing. We're brought out and open, and our ears are bored out, and we're going to serve him forever. A little pain with that. Ain't no, they didn't mention lidocaine in there, did it? Now, there's going to be a little bit of tears with it. There's going to be a little bit of pain. We'll be a little uncomfortable with it. But it's a light affliction. It's a reasonable service, isn't it? But like all the scriptures, that's our experience. That's those experiences, those I've spent this last couple of weeks with. That's the experience of the Lord's people I've met throughout this world and throughout time. That's the experience of the people that's written about it. But if that's all we have, if all you have, I have had a man look me dead in the eye, he said, that's my experience, and I ain't backing down. It wasn't all joy. There's a little bit of conflict, too. If that's all you got, you know what you got? A pretty set of earrings. That's it. It's a set of earrings. If that's all it is, is our experience. Like all the scriptures, all the law, all the prophets, they point to somebody, don't they? They point to somebody. If we miss Christ, you missed it all. You might have money in the bank. You might have well-behaved children. You might have a good life, a good employer that likes you, and, a, and you're well-respected in the community, and you've missed everything. It's him. I, I had a sticker. Bob's seen it before. A little, little sticker there from John that said, Sir, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. We read in Isaiah 53, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, 
He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. We know he's talking about Christ. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant. That's who the servant is. My righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Zechariah says, Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that set before thee, for they are men wonder at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant. Who's that? The branch. All capital letters. B-R-A-N-C-H. Paul said, or <clears throat> said in Philippians 2, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What does a servant do? The will of the master. What's the child do? The will of the father, isn't it? That's what servants do. Those <clears throat> disciples said, who's going to be greatest? <laughs> We're going to, who's going to sit beside you on the left and right? And he said to them, how is it that you sought me? Wished you not, oh, I'm sorry, the first, the first thing the Lord said, first thing recorded in his life, he's 12 years old leaving that temple. And, and they came to him and said, where have you been? First thing that's recorded, he said, he said, how is it that you sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? This is what the servant said. First thing he said, don't you know I have to serve my father? What was the last thing he said? It's finished. The servant began a task, and he ended a task, didn't he? He completed the task. There was a beginning, a continuance, and an end. He said, I must be about my father's business, and he said, it's finished. Then, <laughs> our Lord said, there was all strife among them, which should be the greatest. Father, or Lord, who's going to be the greatest? And he said, for where there is greater, he that setteth at meat or he that serveth. You say the one that sets at meat, the one that sets at the table and eats. You say that's the greatest. He said, but I am among you as he that serveth. That's just our, that's our wicked sin nature is to be in charge. Well, if they just do what I said. Oh, if I could just run stuff. They'd run things by me. What our Lord do? He said, I'm among you as one that serveth. He can't, what was he going to do when we sit at that table? He brings that feast. He's going to serve us. Oh, what, is, what do we say? If he's given us a new heart. If it's an old heart, says, that's right, get to it. That new heart's just like John the Baptist. I have need of being baptized to you. He willingly laid down his life. What does servant do? He laid down his life. No man took it from him. No man took his life. He laid it down willingly that he may take it up again. It says there in verse 2, If thou buy a Hebrew servant six years, he shall serve, and in the seventh year he shall go out free for nothing. Once that law is complete, <laughs> once the law has been satisfied, you just go out for nothing. You take, take out what you brought in and go home. How come the Lord didn't just fulfill every jot until the law and, and satisfy the law and then, and then go on? Wasn't that enough? Why did he have to go to that cross? Why? All the law is fulfilled because the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. The wages of sin is death. 
he fulfilled that 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 life of perfection for his people and then he had to bear their sin and their guilt the father had to make him sin who knew no sin the noun the feminine noun he had to be made his bride <laughs> his wife that is not hers that we might be made the righteousness of god in him he had to he had to because he had to be just but we had to be justified we had to be Marv mentioned that too. It's not just as if I had not sinned. No, it's right. <laughs> it's right. How could that be? Now we're back to Job. How could how could this man be just before God? How? Well, what's impossible with man's possible with God, isn't it? Verse five says, And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. You know what? Even if you liked your master. I thought about this. If I had wife and children there that was born after during those six years, and I, I like my master, well, I'd want freedom, wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't want ten people reigning over me. <laughs> Would you like to live in a land that didn't have speed limits? You'll never get another ticket from a cop ever. I'd like to drive on that road. I wanted to drive on the Autobahn in Germany. I did. I want to drive without speed limits. But you love your wife and your children. What would you do? You grit your teeth. Go ahead, pierce my ear. I'm going to do all this first and foremost because of my children. God do it for the children. Why people stay together in our day? Well, we got to stay together for the children. Well, what about the bride? Well, I'll do it for my bride. I love my wife. Well, if you didn't have no children, I love my wife. So I, I, I love you too. You pierce my ear. That's what we would do, isn't it? There's a way that seems right to man and the end's death. Our priorities are all kinds of messed up. <laughs> Ain't even close to being right. What did our Lord tell us? This is plain what he said. Thus saith the Lord, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all this other stuff be added to you. Is that what he said? Turn over to John 14. The love of Christ constrains us, doesn't it? That's our constraint. It restrains and constrains. It keeps us from doing things we want to do and makes us do the things that pleases him and fulfills his will. It constrains us. And the love of the Father is, was the willing motivation. The love of the Father is what constrained the Son. His love for the Father is what made that happen. He had to be baptized with that baptism you and I couldn't be baptized with. He had to drink from that cup we were not able to drink from, didn't he? Why? First and foremost, he loved the master. First and foremost, he loved the father. That, that's necessary. Not backwards like us. Look here in John 14, verse 30. John 14, 30. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know. What does everybody need to know in this world? <laughs> Here's what Christ says. That I love the Father. That the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. As he gave me a commandment, that's what I do. I love the Father. I do the Father's will. I love my master is what this perfect servant says. He said, arise, let us go hence. Now let's get after it. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Let's go do it. You see that? The law has no claim on the child of God. It does not. But wh why, why do we live upright in front of all men? Because the love of Christ constrains us. 
who he is and what he did for us. There's love there. Love. Not law. Love. Only a perfect servant can say, I love my master. Only a perfect servant can say that. He loves his master. Secondly, he loves his wife. Go read Song of Solomon. And that is not worded the way I'd word it. I told Kermit one day, I said, you know what? I said, you're as beautiful as the hair of goats on a thousand hills. <laughs> that don't sound good, does it? No, but it's who says it. Who says it? Who speaks? What's his thoughts towards me? He says his bride's beautiful. Do you, do you, I don't think I look beautiful. I know this wretched heart. I know, I know my thoughts and everything else. But he knows his thoughts towards us. He said in Song of Solomon 4.10, How fair is thy love, my sister, my spouse, the church, his bride. How much better is thy love than wine, the smell of thine ointments than all spices. Oh, you're precious. And he loves his children. We read in Isaiah 5, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me. Me and the children. I, I, first and foremost, I love the Father. I love the bride and I love the children that the Lord's given me because they are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. This is proof. <laughs> we, his offsprings, are proof of who and what he is. We're proof of it. He loves the children that the Father gave him. If you're in John, turn back to John 6. John 6. Verse 37. John 6, 37. He says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me. What's that servant? What's his marching orders? All of, that, of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. That's it. Who's that people? Turn over to John 10. John 10. This perfect servant, he says, I love my master. I love my wife. I love my children. It's specific, isn't it? What did Paul, Paul tell us? He told wives, he says, submit yourselves to your own husbands. If I, if I went out in this town, I told you this before. If I went out in this town and I said, you know what? I love Kimberly. That's my wife. I love her. And I love her just the exact same as I love every other woman in San Diego County. What? I mean, my love ain't worth too much, is it? <laughs> ain't worth squat. This perfect servant, he loves his master, his wife, and his children. Look here in John 10, verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. You tell me plainly. <laughs> what did that servant say plainly? Tell us plainly. And he answered said, I told you. And you believed not. The works that, my, that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. These people that do believe, that's my witness. Paul said that. He said, you're my people. I don't need letters of commendation from a man. I don't need plaques on the walls and sheepskins. You're my epistle. 
You're the proof. I don't care what anybody thinks. The Lord's saying the same thing to them Pharisees, isn't he? Verse 26, but ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. He said, I already told you this. It's not, you're not my sheep because you don't believe. You don't believe because you're not my sheep. That's it. Verse 27, my sheep. What about them? <laughs> my sheep, they hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And if, if we're all following Christ, what's going to happen? We're going to converge on him, ain't we? We converge here every Wednesday and Sunday. <laughs> That's just so. That's just so. I get so tired. It hits worldwide, too. The, the, the Lord's people are the same throughout time and throughout the world. And the, and the Lord's enemies, those that hate him, are the same throughout time and throughout everywhere else. People walk around about how much they love the Lord. Oh, I just love Jesus and I love the gospel. And you won't have nothing to do with it. And you won't have nothing to do with his people. You don't want the master, you don't want the bride, and you don't want the children. You love them from afar. That's hogwash. You're lying, and it makes me mad. <laughs> I get angry, and then I have to see my Savior again because I call down thunder from above. Lord, strike them down right now. Get them out of here that lie on you and lie on your people. They diminish the glory of God. That's what they fall short of because they're seeking their own glory, and it's a lie. He said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, no matter what. <laughs> he said so. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. What did it say the Master? He gave the bride, didn't it? If while this servant's there, if he gives him a bride, what does this say? My Father which gave them me, he's the one that gave it the bride, he ordained the people to be made like his son before time. He purposed it. The son purchased it. The Holy Spirit comes and proclaims it, doesn't it? We read that in Ephesians 1. He gave them me, and he's greater than all, and no man's able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. What's this triune God? I and my Father are one. He's telling them all this, and he said, you're looking dead at him. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. You know what taking up stones is? That could be picking up a rock and throwing it at somebody's head. Or be like, well, that's your opinion. Well, that's just what Kevin thinks. Well, no, I'm telling you what he said. <laughs> that, that subtle, well, hmm. That's taking up stones. Election's good news to those that are sinners. It's not bad news. If you're convicted of sin, that's good news. Because that's how God can justify us and be just. That's it. Only because Christ, the perfect servant, he's sin of God. Who is God? He willingly became a servant. Because of that, we have a husband and we have a father. We are brides of the Redeemer. We are sons of God. That's it. Back in Exodus 21. It says, And if thy servant shall plainly say, in verse 5, If thy servant shall plainly say, I love my master, I love my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Our Lord said, take me and let my people go. I won't go out free. They came to him and said, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I've told you I'm he. He said, if therefore you seek me, let these go their way. He said, I won't go out free. You take me, let them go. Substitution. They mocked him. They said, you, you say you destroy the temple and build it up in three days? 
Save yourself. Save yourself. Set yourself free. If you are the Son of God, come down from that cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Oh, how true that was. He must suffer that cross, didn't he? Willingly endured it. Don't let that become old hat. Don't let this gospel become just something we've heard a thousand times. Make it new and fresh every day, Lord. Be with us. And, and he willingly. Our Lord had the love and purpose of his Father first and foremost in his heart, always. And he had the love for his bride and the love for his children. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. What's bringing you down? What's burdening you? Lay it aside. <laughs> As Dad said, pay no attention to it. <laughs> Hard to do, isn't it? Lay aside every weight, the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. People's watching. Somebody's watching. Let us run a race looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy, not just like, well, I'll do it, willingly do it, the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. That one had his ear bore willingly. Look here in our text, Exodus 21. Here's the boring of the ear, verse 5. If thy servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges, and his master, he, shall also bring him to the door, or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Who bore the ear? The master bore the ear, didn't it? The father bore the ear. He did it. That's what we read in Acts 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Mankind's the one that did it, and you know what? You'd have done it too if you were standing there. I would have. He said, your wicked hands are the, ones that, the means that he used, but the father purposed this. The proper Father purposed this. And our Lord prayed while on that cross, while they mocked him. He said, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then there in Acts 2, Peter preaches to them. And some of them were converted. <laughs> didn't happen right then, did it? They didn't find out about it till It was proclaimed in their hearts a little while later, wasn't it? But it was the Father's determinate counsel. It says in Isaiah 53, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He's the one that bruised him. The master is the one that bored the ear. And I thought this was real precious. Turn over to Psalm 40. Maybe I'm reaching too hard. Is that what it is? <laughs> Am I digging too deep? I don't think so. Psalm 40. Psalm 40, verse 6. <clears throat> this is Christ speaking. Psalm 40, verse 6. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Why do you say that? You know what that word opened is? Dig. All. It's a variation of the same word in our text. Bore. <laughs> he said, you've opened my ears. You bore my ear. You did that. 
Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings thou hast not required. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it's written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Here's the servant speaking. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the, gener the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. O Lord, thou knowest. He's a faithful servant. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. This one who had is, who is this faithful, perfect servant, he came to us preaching salvations of the Lord. Didn't he? Preaching him, Christ preached Christ. <laughs> Everything he's done. Turn over to Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50, verse 5. The Lord God hath opened. That's the same word, plow, carve, dig, bore through. The Lord God hath opened mine ear. And I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. <laughs> he knew no sin. And he didn't back down from the task at hand, was it? I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from the shame and spitting. This is the faithful servant. The grace of God in Christ that he for our sakes willingly bore our sin in his body on the tree. He was forsaken of the Father. Bored through for us. Wasn't he? You know what else about that ear? Physically. They'd, they'd bore the ear. Well, that don't heal up, does it? There's proof there. There's a permanent scar there. Christ bears the scars of his commitment, his love, and his service to his father, to his bride, and his children on his feet and hand and his wounded side. Doesn't he? That's what Thomas said. I ain't going to believe unless I see it and touch his side. He said, come here, Thomas. Look, my hands, my feet, my side. Put your hands right there. He bears those. It says, if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door, to the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awe, and he shall serve him forever. He ever liveth to make intercession for us, doesn't he? What's done on Calvary's tree is forever. Salvation's forever. You know how many people are so mad at me across this globe? <laughs> Lord saves his people. They're his. No man can pluck them out of his head. No matter what. No matter what you do. <laughs> you can't undo what he's done. That's good news. I don't care who says it ain't. That's good news. What he did on Calvary's forever. The law has no claim on us because that servant voluntarily cried out. He said, I love my master, I love my wife, I love my children, and I will not go out free. And he said, I must be about my father's business. And he finished it. He finished it. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. That's the one they wanted to see. That's the one you wanted to see? <laughs> I like to hear about folks, and I love to hear about, they wanted to hear about you. I talked a lot about you, and there's a whole, whole bunch of brethren down there, and I want to tell you about them. And that's good. I want to know my brethren. Pray for them. Know what troubles are going through. 
But it doesn't matter if we don't see him, does it? And that's what they wanted to see. Amen. Father, if you're pleased, be with us. Lord, bless this word to the hearts of your people and make us rejoice and be thankful and sing for your mighty works. Thank you for our brethren you gave us in this present world, in this present time, those that love Christ, that kiss the Son, and that would see him. Lord, make us turn from ourselves and turn to Christ. Save those children you've yet to reveal yourself to. Make us a fruitful bride, Lord. Thank you for this day. Forgive us for what we are. It's because of your perfect servant we ask these things. Amen. All right. We'll meet back 1030.